Independence and freedom are often mistaken to be the same thing. I think they're two different things. Independence is your ability to chase a dream, to do what you want, as long as you pay the right fees, follow the right rules, follow the right guidelines, allow yourself to have oversight. Freedom is the ability to walk out the door, wake up in the morning, and do what you want, when you want, how you want to. And that's what this show is about. We're going to be talking about what we want to talk about, how we want to fucking talk about it. I'm going to bring you the truth. I'm going to bring you facts. I'm going to bring you data. Some of it may rub you the wrong way. Some of it may be something you don't even want to hear about. But you can best believe I'm going to tell you the fucking truth about it. I'm going to tell you like it is. This is your host, Christopher Scott Rudder. Three, two, one. I'm not a fucking rocket ship. Independence and freedom are often mistaken to be the same thing. I think they're two different things. Independence is your ability to chase a dream, to do what you want, as long as you pay the right fees. Follow the right rules. Follow the right guidelines. Allow yourself to have oversight. Freedom is the ability to walk out the door, wake up in the morning, and do what you want, when you want, how you want to. And that's what this show is about. We're going to be talking about what we want to talk about, how we want to fucking talk about it. I'm going to bring you the truth. I'm going to bring you facts. I'm going to bring you data. Some of it may rub you the wrong way. Some of it may be something you don't even want to hear about. But you can best believe I'm going to tell you the fucking truth about it. I'm going to tell you like it is. This is your host, Christopher Scott Rudder. Say, 
That's Tyler Childers with Lady May. That's a song I actually heard on Yellowstone. And um, whenever I was listening to it, it's got a lot of depth and a lot of meaning. And uh, I just really like it. I'd like to really have a chance to be able to see the kid play in, uh, live. I don't know what he's got going on right now. I have to look into that and see if maybe he's coming close, uh, you know, like Nashville, Memphis, or Louisville here where I live at. But uh really cool song and the scene that they played it at in Yellowstone is whenever Rip and Beth are all alone on the ranch first time in her and she tells Rip it's the first time in her whole life I've never been completely alone here on the ranch we can do whatever we want we could take off our clothes and run naked through the cattle field if we wanted to and Rip says uh, I got something else maybe here in mind and he puts that show he puts that song on and they dance in the middle of uh, uh, the training yard there for the for the horses. It's a, a really good scene from a really good show. And it makes me think so much of uh, my wife, Shannon, uh, that, um, you know, I, I've held my weight and shame and had my share of guilt and all that good stuff. And you make me better. So I think it's a great song and it's a good way to kick off the show. Whenever we're getting ready to be talking about some really... <laughs> fucked up crazy shit here this week kids i've got a lot of different clips and this week uh, i am uh running solo uh the reason i want to rotate the show to where every other show or every couple of weeks i have a guest on and i don't always want the guest that's going to be on somebody who's already prepared already bought into the clips so that way they're saying you know yeah i agree with that um, or somebody who's totally uninformed where it feels like I'm talking just specifically to that guest to inform them on things. I don't want things to be a rehash for everybody. I want everybody to be able to hear what's current and what's going on with the news. Like I, I say in the promo and like I say every week, I'm going to make sure that I'm bringing you the truth and I'm bringing you what you're not actually hearing on the news. And I'm going to talk about a lot of stuff that's really off the reservation, I guess, so to speak, and things that you're not going to hear in your regular day-to-day -day conversation. Or if you do hear it, you might think that person's a crazy conspiracy theorist. And I've been talking a whole lot for the past few months here about what's going on with COVID, what's going on with the shots. And one of the biggest complaints that I've had is, why hasn't anybody from the FDA or the CDC actually come through and say, the best way to take care of yourself is to actually take care of your health. Have a healthy diet. Get some exercise. Get some vitamin D. Take a multivitamin. Take some zinc. Take some vitamin C. All of these things that actually boost 
your immune system has been my biggest complaint about everything so far. Uh, uh, you know, why is everything just about the vaccine? And don't get me wrong, whenever I'm talking about all of this, and I know a lot of times I really rail against it, and, you know, with all the information that's coming out, it's causing injuries, it's causing death, almost at the same percentage rate as people just catching COVID to begin with, and out of those people who catch COVID, the statistics are incredibly skewed, showing that people have died from COVID whenever actually they were admitted to the hospital and they tested positive for having had COVID. There's an antibody test that you could take that shows whether or not you've had it and if you have the antibodies in your system. And it can uh, show as in any other situation, if it was the flu or the code, it would actually be called natural immunity because you've had it before. And I know to a lot of people, whenever you're listening to my show, that sound like I'm just raging against the machine here. But at the same time, um, I'm really trying to bring everything to everybody in a, in as a scientific way as I possibly can. Look, I don't have a college degree. I don't have an M- MBA. I, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a PhD. Uh, so I'm not going to talk in the most scientific of terms. That's the reason you hear me say fuck a whole lot of fucking uh, times, but at the same time, I am well researched and I am really talking about something that I, I do know a, a lot about and I'm very passionate about it and I don't want to repeat myself over and over and over again. And I don't want to uh, be at the risk of beating a dead horse. So uh, what I've found here for the first clip is there's a major news program. It's called The Hill. And you're able to subscribe to it. It's available on some cable networks. It's a mainstream TV news program. And before they completely reformatted and changed out all their hosts and everything, it was a very left-leaning news show, which is commonplace now. And uh, not that there's anything wrong with being liberal. The old-fashioned definition of being liberal is somebody who believes that, you know, we should be progressive and we should look out for minorities. We should also take care of everybody's rights, especially starting with people who are poorer or less fortunate. And we need to look out for them. And at the end of the day, I firmly believe that all of my gay friends should be able to protect their pot plants with fucking guns. But... Whenever you hear something that's being repeated on mainstream news that I've been talking about for the past six, seven, eight, nine months, ever since we changed the platform of the show, and um, I really do appreciate everybody who's new on board, you're a new listener, we've really done a lot of work to be able to get the word out as much as possible, and whenever people hear my show for the first time, they immediately think that A, I'm a Trumper or a MAGA guy, I'm the furthest thing from it, I didn't... I didn't care for Trump. I didn't even think The Apprentice was funny. And I'm not an anti-vaxxer. If you feel the need, if it makes you feel more comfortable to get the vaccine to make your personal situation safer, then by all means, get it. What I'm against is being told I have to do it. What I'm against is people being told that they have to do it to keep their fucking job. What I'm against is people being told that you have to get it to eat at this restaurant or shop at this store. I'm very much constitutionally aligned. You cannot tell me what to do. And as soon as you try to tell me or make me do something, 
I'm going to rebel against it. I'm going to rail against it. But here's something that's very interesting. On the Hill this week, Kim Iverson, who's a uh, uh, a very good reporter, and the Hill is actually using her as a contributor to their newscast, so that way they can look like they're playing to the right and playing playing to the quote-unquote anti-vaxxers out there, while the actual people who are doing the newscast are able to not support her. So they have somebody playing very much a middle or right-leaning part in the conversation, while the actual anchors are not able, they're not attaching themselves to that point of view, so nobody can call them out. And it's a very interesting conversation. So we're going to pick up here. This is a um, about a 10-minute segment. I'm going to interrupt it during the course of it and talk about the points and let you know if this is a I told you so here, uh, that things that we have talked about before, or also point out how the anchors are not supporting her in a very blatant truth and they're doing their very best to undermine it so that way they can still appeal to the left. That's the reason I don't trust the Hill as much as uh, so many people do. They try to appear to be centrist, but at the same time, they are at the end of the day very left-leaning, and they're also playing a big part in the corporate bought-and-paid-for media agenda that has to do with the New World Order that I've talked so much about with the Great Reset and Klaus Schwab and others, which I do have a couple of clips to play about that. Since I'm by myself tonight, I want to be able to kind of put some some of these ideas into context for those who are listening, because I, whenever I'm talking about all of this, this is a stream of consciousness that you're getting. This is so many facts and so many particulars and so many headlines and so many videos all compacted in, and I could talk about this on, for hours on end, and I talk about it like it's general knowledge. But at the end of the day, I know that probably one out of a 100 people that I talk to actually understand the general knowledge that I'm referring to. So I have some things I'm going to bring to everybody in context. But let's go ahead and start out here with Kim here on this first part of the clip. Kim, what's on your radar? Well, I'm angry. I'm not going to lie. I'm really, really angry right now. So I'm just going to do a little rant to get this off my chest. Right now, everywhere we look, people have COVID. Vaccinated or not, everyone seems to be catching the virus with a whopping 800,000 new cases per day. Because Omicron is spreading like wildfire throughout the country, indiscriminately infecting anyone it comes into contact with, some serious, serious failings by our public health officials, the CDC, Fauci, our politicians, and the mainstream media are becoming glaringly obvious, to the point where I think their failings rise to the level of crimes against humanity. The scientists and health experts, the people responsible for guiding us safely and scientifically through this pandemic, have been hyper-focused on vaccines. They raced towards a vax, told us to hunker down and wait for the vax. When it became available, they told us to get the vax. Then all the discussion centered around the awful people who refused the vax. So then they mandated the vax. And throughout this entire time, which is now at two years in, they've never focused on, and often, which is why it rises to the level of a crime, even shut down discussion surrounding the well-known scientific principle of natural immunity. They shut down and even demonize any discussion of potential early treatments, and they failed to give us good instructions on what to do when our loved ones or we ourselves catch COVID. They flat out refused to focus on any of this. They instead swore if we all got the vaccine, the pandemic would end. Well, it didn't end. Everyone is catching COVID. People who got double vax and 
had triple backs and wore double masks and kept their kids out of school and gave up Christmas with family and even worse, gave up being with their loved ones by their side as they breathed their last breaths because they weren't allowed to be next to them are catching COVID. Everyone is catching COVID. And as people are catching it, they're starting to realize they have no tools left in their toolkit. Somebody tell me, what are you supposed to do when you catch COVID? Seriously, can you answer that question? Besides quarantining yourself and wishing you were vaccinated more than you already are, what are you supposed to do? Do you isolate yourself away from your family and fight the virus alone while hoping and praying you don't need to go to the hospital? Because that's what they've left us with. Why don't we know more about natural immunity and how long it lasts? With so many people getting sick, wouldn't it be helpful to know whether or not people who've already recovered can take on the task of caring for their loved ones who are now ill? The Israelis came out with an enormous study showing natural immunity afforded 13 times more protection against reinfection than vaccination. But quickly, the CDC released its own highly flawed study claiming the opposite, that previously infected people were more likely to catch the virus than those vaccinated. Now, wouldn't it be nice to know which study is right? Wouldn't it be nice to know how long natural immunity lasts? Wouldn't it be nice to know if you do get reinfected, whether or not the disease is more or less severe? Signs point towards previous infection being protective to some degree in the least lessening symptoms when reinfected. And what about the natural immunity younger people seem to have? We've known throughout the pandemic that young people often have very mild illness when infected. But again, the mere mention that they maybe should be less afraid of catching the virus was met with fierce resistance. So here we are now, we have people sick and yet young and old and previously infected alike are all equally scared. And now people who are sick in bed with COVID who can't get themselves water or Tylenol or food to eat are reliant on the brave in their families to care for them if they're lucky enough to have someone brave at all. COVID can often be so debilitating. People can't get themselves out of bed for even the most basic of needs. Frightened people who otherwise maybe wouldn't need to be frightened because they're younger or previously infected are hiding away and leaving food on doorsteps for loved ones, expecting them to crawl out of bed and care for themselves. And often people don't get the care they need until they've gotten so bad they need hospitalization. Why don't we have more info on who is perhaps safest to care for others in the family? If you can't get water to stay hydrated, Tylenol to get your temperature down, someone to run a humidifier or to get you food, how can you successfully fight off a virus? I suspect many people didn't get the early care they needed because people were too frightened to be around them and they wound up in the hospital or even worse. And speaking of early treatment, again, no honest discussion or research has been earnestly put into trying to determine what could give a person a better fighting chance. Many early treatments that maybe weren't 100% effective, but reduced severe outcomes by 30% or 40% or 50%, which is better than nothing, were demonized as conspiracy theories before anyone put any real effort into studying them. I can guarantee you right now that anyone sick in bed with COVID will take a treatment that gives them even a 10% better chance of reducing symptoms than nothing at all. But that's pretty much what we've been left with. Nothing. At Whenever I had COVID, this was in July of 2020. Um, I was on several other podcasts and I did interviews with people. And I made mention of this several times that I called my local hospital. Again, this is the Deaconess Hospital Group that I have railed against several different times because they are a part of the payoff. They are part of the agenda. They're getting paid to make sure that if somebody comes in after they fell off a ladder and broke their arm, or if somebody was in a car, car wreck and they broke their back, that if they test them for the antibodies and it shows up that they have 
COVID, they were listed as a COVID patient. This is something that I've documented. This is something I've done interviews on. This is something I've called their administration on and been able to not get enough straight answers that you know it's fucking true. And then come to find out that from the um, CDC, which in part is funded by the WHO and the UN, that they're paying as much as $48,000 for anybody who is actually having covid while in the ICU. And then if you tack on that they die, let's say it's a brain trauma or a cancer patient who dies while they're in ICU, but they test a positive for having COVID. Meanwhile, they get an additional $50,000 in funding. So for every COVID patient who dies, even if they came in from a motorcycle wreck, that hospital gets awarded almost $100,000 for testing that patient and running them through ICU for more than 72 hours. Once they go on life support and they die, it's $98,000 into their bank account. Your nurses and your doctors may not know about it, but the administrators and the people on the board do. And this is something that hospitals refuse to talk about, and it's something that's been going on. Two years ago, this was all like, urban myth. Now it's coming out gradually more and more that this has actually been happening the entire fucking time. Thing at all. Even monoclonal antibodies, a treatment that seemed to work, has been suppressed in the vaccine or bust movement. Yet here we are. People are fully vaccinated, even boosted, sick in bed, scared. And the best weapon our public health officials have given them against COVID is what? NyQuil? I say this as someone who, for the past two or three weeks, has been surrounded by and caring for people with COVID. Some vaccinated, some boosted, some unvaccinated. It doesn't matter. People are getting sick. I've been taking temperatures, checking oxygen, running humidifiers, and researching online what am I supposed to do, but the information is scarce. No one is giving us any idea of what we're supposed to do besides the frontline COVID-19 critical care alliance. And guess what? They're, of course, demonized. We're left waiting once again for another big pharma Pfizer solution, the early treatment pill, which does no one any good right now because we're waiting for it. This is what they've left us with. Right now, she's showing a tweet, a tweet from the Reuters group, Pfizer to supply U.S. with 10 million more courses of COVID-19 pills. Have any of you actually seen those pills? And has anyone actually looked into the research of what these pills actually are? I have. And I've looked into the chemical makeup of this. This is going to be something that's going to be coming out six months from now. This is going to be tomorrow's news today. What you're going to find out is that these pills are actually ivermectin, hydrochloroquin with vitamin C and zinc. That's all they are with a few other things. So that way they can keep you on this. And guess who's on the board of directors for Reuters? Their CEO is actually a previous board member of Pfizer. So why wouldn't they publicize this? Why wouldn't they get everybody just, oh, 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 you almost had it. You almost got it. You almost got it. And keep everybody strung along while nobody's actually fucking getting it. But they're going to keep talking about it. So whenever they do release it, nobody's going to pay attention to the chemical studies that come out that this is nothing more than a derivative of ivermectin hydrochloroquine with a high dose of vitamin C and zinc. Millions of people are getting sick right now with no real idea of what to do except get your four tests from Biden and hope they come back negative. 
This lack of basic research and information on who is safest in our families to care for others, what treatment to give them when they're sick, and how to care for them to give them the best fighting chance is in my book a crime. These are health officials, they're scientists, they're doctors. They shouldn't be telling us to just hunker down and hope we never catch it. We need more information. They haven't given it to us, and worse, they've demonized any discussion of it. Now, I want to give you guys some examples that people have emailed into me. Uh, you know, I myself, I'm currently in quarantine right now, caring for somebody positive with COVID. I've had COVID back in March of 2020. That was a long time ago. I suspect any minute now I'm going to test positive for the virus. I keep checking every single day I test, thinking today's the day I'm going to get COVID again. I haven't yet, um, but I will say that. Now, while you're looking at this broadcast, you have uh mr Grimm over here with his swoop over fucking hairdo and his little spectacles on uh kind of nodding but not really nodding yes like he's in agreement but he's just nodding his head like can we go along can this woman shut up and then you have this fucking frat boy over here robbie goad who's just got this incredulous look on his face he can't fucking wait to say, well, you should have got vaccinated. And you could tell by the look on their faces. Grim doesn't know what the fuck to say. And Gold is just waiting for his fucking place to be able to jump in and say, well, maybe if you would have got vaccinated in the first place, you wouldn't have to deal with this. I say that I've had people email in stories to me. A woman said that her 69-year-old, a 69-year-old woman, uh, her aunt lives with her 40-year-old daughter. When the 69-year-old woman caught COVID, her 40-year-old daughter wouldn't let her back in the house because she was too afraid. Another one, a 68-year-old woman. Luckily, the family was smart. When she got COVID, they hid the father away who has cancer. But the adult hypertensive son took care of his mother while his sister, who had previously been infected, stayed away. These are anecdotal instances, but I guarantee it, anybody who's listening to the show or anybody that you share this information with, they have anecdotal stories that exactly match that, where the family either shunned the COVID-positive person or they went ahead and took the risk, went against what the media was telling them, and everybody came out okay. Home care workers are reporting that they're showing up for their check-ins to find food left on, uh, left on doorsteps. Go inside and they find the person in fetal position, unable to get out of bed, to care for themselves, to get water or Tylenol, let alone go pick up the food off the front steps. And if you're somebody who needs a home care worker, you're older. So this whole thing, you know, we don't know what to do. And now everybody's getting COVID. And, it, you know, it, people are hiding away. And I can tell you as somebody who's been caring for somebody in their 70s with COVID, for three days, it was scary because they were really sick. And I, I couldn't imagine what would have happened had they been left alone. I just think they would have ended up in the hospital because if you can't get water, you can't fight, fight a virus. You know, it's that simple. But here we are. What have, what have they left us with? What are you supposed to do when you catch COVID? Does anybody know? Here these two fucks are. They're getting ready to not answer the question. I agree with you there on is that they, they I don't know, the CDC, NIH, I don't know who, but they have, they have not been good enough about putting together like a basic worksheet like you're talking about. It should, Ryan it Grimm, should not at be Ryan, so hard. At Ryan Graham on Twitter. Go ahead and look him up and watch him speak in these instances. This guy can't carry on a conversation with a fucking mannequin. If he doesn't have a teleprompter in front of him, he is lost as to what to say. When you uh, come down with COVID to find... Okay, what are what are the things that people have done, and how have how have they worked? And so then, right, you wind up on on that site that wants to sell you hydroxychloroquine, 
or he can't even pronounce it right and he refers to it as that site completely dismissive no, FLCCC doesn't do hydroxychloroquine. It's an ivermectin kit with vitamin D, vitamin C, zinc, quercetin. He had just had to make a big gulp because she is shutting him down. The great thing is, is this uh, Kim Iverson is actually has her own show on the Hill. This is the morning program called The Rising, where Grimm always has him and Goad on here so that way they can play both sides of the aisle without without actually telling anybody the fucking truth on something quercetin it, you know it's an entire kit but that's the only thing that you've got and that is better than nothing you know sure, whether yeah. whether yeah. you know i mean because otherwise literally they're like take some nyquil stay home and hope you don't end up in the hospital call us if your oxygen drops below 90 i mean that's like right. what that's what the right. other that's what doctors literally tell but Kim, us but you said you said right people would take anything that gives them like this a 10, 20 30 percent yeah. reduction i mean that's the vaccine <laughs> right that's so right but, but right now <laughs> right right this little fucking frat boy with this fucking flip over comb comb hair with this little blonde haired faggot fuck this these people whenever they dismiss actual factual conversation where somebody's bringing earnest concerns, earnest reports, and actual factual information to the table. It gets dismissed by both the right and the left in this instance from a show that's supposed to be very bipartisan, showing both right and left viewpoints. Both of these fuckers completely dismiss her. I'm telling you, I am taking care of people who are vaccinated and sick. Right. So it's not about that. People are getting vaccinated and they're still falling very ill. Maybe they're not ill enough to go to the hospital. But you know, what but I'm saying is they, they would have been water, more ill. The to. thing that reduces your, they would have been more ill. Like that's what the vaccine offers you. And, and you're right. I wish not there everybody. Was more we could do. We should get the, you know, we should, the, the FDA should move quicker to approve all the other things. You're right that there's a very. The FDA should, should move quicker to approve all of the other things. A complete dismissal. This guy has this condescending look on his face. His eyebrows are raised. And he's just like, you know, enough of this conspiracy stuff. Just get the vaccine. That'll make everything better as opposed to an alternative very little guidance. There's an elderly person in my family who, who was hospitalized and, and was hospitalized for something else, tested positive for COVID, and I, I was trying to, like, communicate to my family, well, what are they giving this person, the, you know, the whatever therapeutics you're supposed to give them, but because... The whatever therapeutics, he doesn't want to admit anything that has been proven. Let me give you a case in point. On the last episode, I had Dale Niehaus on the show. Dale is a longtime friend. We grew up here in southern Indiana together. He is living in Oklahoma right now, and we recorded last Monday night. The next day, he had been feeling bad all Monday. He did the rapid test and came back positive twice for, uh, for having COVID. Luckily, he had a friend who gave him his leftover ivermectin supply, that he had been prescribed uh, last year, and within days, it was done. He didn't feel bad, and he was back to work. This whole 14-day quarantine thing, Dale was able to completely beat that, be back up and running, and give a negative test in less than five days. And here's this fucker, at Robbie Sove, on Twitter. Look him up. This son of a bitch ain't doing nothing but supporting 
what Dr. Fauci and everybody who's running the media narrative has continuously said for the past two years, lying to all of us. And this guy is supposed to be representing a show that's centrist or bipartisan. And here he is talking, condescending to this woman who's under quarantine right now because of the corporate rules of the of the Hill. They're following the old CDC uh, guidelines where if you've been exposed to COVID, whether you test positive or negative, you still have to quarantine for 14 days is the only reason she's not in studio. Because this person wasn't hospitalized for COVID, wasn't clear that they were worried about it, and I like it was just very confusing. And then then they released this person, like, but this is a very elderly person with COVID, and you're saying (laughs) we're laughing about it. Uh, So it's it's very it's very confusing. It's very confusing. Uh, It isn't confusing, and Kim is looking at him like you fucking dumb son of a bitch. This kid, he looks like he's probably. 34, 35, something like that. He looks like a 22-year-old. That's the reason he has the talking head spot that he does. He's able to read off a teleprompter and talk a little bit off the cuff as long as he doesn't get pressed to talk for the fucking facts. She's looking at the camera like, you dumb son of a bitch, while they keep Grim off a camera so that way he doesn't have to ad-lib anything. It's fucking pathetic. Um, I mean, I know, look, like the people that are vaccinated, maybe they don't end up in the ICU, but they do still end up in the hospital oftentimes, especially if they're elderly people who live alone, which are millions of people that live alone and they're not getting the care because their family members, their neighbors, people are too afraid to attend to them. And it just gets to the point where they need to be hospitalized. Do they get sick enough to go to the ICU? Are they going to die? No, but they need care and no one's willing to do it. And that's because we're not given any guidance at all. The next month or two, though, we're going to get a real test of uh, how, how much natural immunity holds up, but, but also how much unvaccinated without natural immunity holds up. Here comes, here comes Mr. Grimm to the rescue. Uh, we're going to talk about the next two months, the heavy flu season, so that way we could talk about flu-rona and the Omicron variant and the Delta flu variant. Uh, you know, let's make sure that we give this credence to allow this to be a talking point going forward for anybody who doesn't want to take a stance. So here's my point, guys. Whenever you're listening to my show, I'm going to take a stance and it's going to rub some people the wrong way and I don't give a fuck. At the end of the day, if somebody walks away with a little bit more of a take, a little bit of more of an open mind that you don't trust the media, if they are on TV... If they have commercials that are being played, it doesn't matter if it's a five-minute segment or a 10-minute segment or a 20-minute segment. Whenever they play a commercial break, if they run one pharmaceutical ad, you can't trust them. Their mortgage is paid for by Pfizer or Eli Lilly or Watson or any of these other motherfuckers. You can't trust any of them. And here's this one person who's being allowed to be put in this in this in this uh, light, um, Kim Iverson, who is an independent reporter, and they're trying to bring her on so that way they can have a contributor to the show. So these two cocksuckers, Mr. Grimm and Mr. Chode, this little frat boy looking motherfucker, they can play the middle and not actually take a side, not take a stance, not give you any facts. They want to 
cover it up, they want to dust over it, and they don't want to play hardline either way, even though they're trying to portray themselves as a centrist or a bipartisan show. As, as Omicron starts you know, ripping through the rest of the country. Ripping through. It, right. In New York and D.C. and some places in the, in the West Coast. But you know, modelers are now saying, the epidemiological modelers are now saying that we could be looking at another 50,000 to upwards of 300,000 more deaths between now and the, the end of March as it, as it kind of you know, sweeps across the country. I, I, hope, I hope those numbers are an, an exaggeration. And I, but I don't think we should think of natural immunity as a strategy. I think you're right no, it's, that it's we have right. right. We, we, like in Europe, if you had natural immunity, that can count towards you know, some of these vaccine requirements, which I think makes sense. Right. Antibodies are antibodies, whether you buy them from the pharmaceutical company or you... The UK is not actually reporting it that way. I have a report coming up here in just a little bit I'm going to play a clip of that shows that the UK, Europe, uh, over there, is not actually looking at natural immunity as a strategy or even a reality. Very few people actually are. That's the reason you're having huge marches in London, huge marches in Paris, huge marches in Sweden, huge marches in Germany, huge marches in, in Australia, huge marches in New Zealand, huge marches, uh, actually trucker rallies in fucking Canada. People who are standing up against the mandates, wanting the truth to be told. Acquire them, unfortunately, naturally, but... It's not necessarily a tactic that somebody would want to deploy because you don't know. No, how yeah, you don't want to rely on but natural you knew immunity. That you just recently, every year that anybody has had the flu, once you caught it, do you worry about it again? Once you've had the cold for that season, do you worry about it again? Just in the last two years, does all of this stuff blend together? This is the nonsense that these corporate paid-for media outlets continue to push. They want to blind reality. The sky isn't blue. The water isn't wet. Your carpet isn't fuzzy. The dog doesn't bark. They want to completely fuzzy the lines up and make you think something opposite of reality. This is mass psychosis form formation. This is hypnosis. This is brainwashing caught COVID, let's say within the last four months, and then your mother, Ryan, like let's say your mother gets yeah. COVID and she needs somebody to care for her, wouldn't you, you rather be the, be the one. one to sign? Right. Oh, right. absolutely. You know, yeah. Oh, absolutely. We don't know yeah. anything, but yeah. we don't know anything. They don't tell us anything. Yeah. We don't know how long well, it actually lasts. And you're right about that. And they no. downplay. You're you're right about that. They they right. They're unwilling. They being the public health establishment, their mainstream right. media allies, many Democratic political figures are unwilling to even concede that well if you have natural if you had if you recover from a recent infection he can't even say it he wants to completely correct himself as soon as the words come out of his mouth he does not want to say if you have natural immunity you're safe he wants to rephrase it and reword it you know, it's akin to being vaxxed or boosted and you're probably, right. you know, good. To, you should be the point of contact for someone who has COVID in your family. <laughs> Let's laugh yeah, about absolutely. it again. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's it's ridiculous that they overlook that. Maybe they will now. I don't know. I don't Let's know. hope. Let's hope. Well, good, good luck to you. <laughs> now, everybody... 
and good luck to you. And there's Ryan Grimm. You know, he doesn't have anything else to say. He doesn't have anything else to contribute. And Mr. Chode over here with the the frat boy hairdo and his ill-fitting jacket is, uh, you know, he's got a smile and a condescending look on his face. Nothing is serious. Nothing is real. We have one woman who's in the middle actually stating fact, talking about science, talk about what's actually going on. I want to thank Serenity Stone. She's the contributor to this. She actually found this article for me. And at first, whenever she put it up, she said, you know, if I, could, I love this chick. She's, she's awesome. And I'm like, yeah, but she's not saying anything new. And then I got to looking at it more, and I played it, and I played it back, and I was like, okay, so here's somebody who on the mainstream news circuit is actually saying something that's confrontational to the NIH, to the FDA, to the CDC, to the Surgeon Generals of multiple states, um, saying something very contradictory. So I give her a lot of kudos and a lot of applause to this. And here I look at these two limp-wristed fuckers from the Hill who can't speak without a teleprompter. You can see that by Graham. He can't even fucking actually carry on the conversation. And this other motherfucker... Uh, Chode, Goad is his actual name, Ryan Goad. Uh, he, he's over here and he's just can't wait to just laugh about it. You know, I've got an elderly member of my family. <laughs> Nobody knows what to do. I bet at the end of the fucking day, whenever you played fucking lacrosse at whatever fucking school you played, you probably jerked other motherfuckers off in the fucking shower and don't want anybody to know about it. And that's cool if you did, but at least fucking admit to it and hold to your fucking opinion, stick to it, and actually have something to say. Don't dismiss somebody who's coming at you with actual facts, actual news, and actual reports. He's a dismissive, condescending piece of shit. There's somebody who, over the past couple years, that I've listened to a lot, and his name is General Flynn, General Warren Flynn. He was the advisor to the President of the United States for National Security, from the armed forces while Trump was in office. And he came up during the end of the Clinton years and also served under Bush and, and uh, was not given headline or frontline attention while Obama was in office um, for a lot of different reasons. You know, at, at the end of the day, Trump drone bombed more people than Obama while Obama was in office. He set the record for killing the most people with drone bombs. So between the two of them, neither one of them have a good fucking record whenever it comes uh, uh, going against the terrorist and dropping bombs. They killed as many innocent people as the next one did. Trump did it in four years, what Obama was able to do in eight years. But keep in mind, Obama did it at the beginning of that technology. That was the first time we actually had drone bombers. I think we did have some at the end of the uh, Bush era, uh, era in uh, 2006 and seven. whenever we were looking for the WMDs, which, keep in mind, there were no such thing. CNN and Washington Post and the New York Times ran all these articles that we have to find the WMDs that are over there in Saudi Arabia and uh, come to find out there weren't fucking any. So they put out all this fake news, but at the same time, you know, uh, Obama killed as many innocent people as Trump, Trump did or vice versa. Trump 
killed as many innocent people with drone bombings as Obama did. He did it in half the time, but we bombed twice as many people. And we did actually get rid of many leaders in the Al-Qaeda. And we took down ISIS at the same time. So uh, it did have an end result. Uh, but at the same time, we did we did kill a lot of innocent people. But General Flynn has been somebody who, since he resigned from office the last year of Trump being president, has come out and spoken um, at the risk of his own life and risk of his own health here really <clears throat> has been able to speak out on a lot of different things that have come to light over the past two years. He's the first person who actually spoke about the weaponized virus of COVID coming from China. And he has since then also spoken about the fact that Fauci knew about this, the leaders of the FDA and CDC knew about this, uh, the NIH knew about this, Obama knew about this going out of office, and Trump was informed on it, uh, but they were trying to spin the best thing out of it and come up with the vaccine so that way we could protect ourselves with it. And he said that it was a mistake that Trump did not go ahead and stand up against Fauci because he's been a snake in the grass since the 1980s. He has spoken a lot of truths, and he has predicted a lot of different things that have actually happened over the last two years. And this is somebody I pay a lot of credence to. And here he is in a new report. Everybody pay very close attention to this because we're getting ready to go into a huge disinformation act where they're going to start talking about, they're, they're going to let the lockdown stop and the mandate stop while they're talking about, we got to rattle the sabers against Russia and we got to make sure they don't go ahead and go into the Ukraine because this is going to cause World War III. In the meantime, Biden is having a press conference going, you can hear the footsteps, the Russians are on the way, war's imminent. Worst case scenario in this case, as I started to look at this buildup and this what I call road to war, is this movement where you start to talk about nuclear weapons and people that are talking about World War Three. I mean, this is not going to be some, you know, movie, right? This is real. And in, and in a World War Three scenario, World War Three scenario. Which people in Washington, D.C., people in, in, in the legislative branch, some of these senators, some of these members of Congress, some of these people in the National Security Council, some of these think tankers, they are all like beating the drums like we should, we should be ready to go. We should go. No, no. Take a deep breath, everybody. I think that we are going to see, and I, I expect something, again, another distraction. You know, some, some I, I really do, I expect because of what was staged uh, on January 6th and what was staged up in Michigan to kidnap, the, you know, the fake kidnapping of the governor up in Michigan, Whitmer. I think we're going to see staged events. I really do. I mean While everybody's carrying on about these January 6th hearings, these Senate and Congress hearings, where everybody's being brought to task that you have to testify, what was your part in January 6th? You led the insurrection. You know, Biden's calling, calling don't, don't you dare call them protesters. They were a violent mob. And then come to find out, there's FBI and federal agents implanted to be what we call agent uh, provocateurs. Everybody's completely forgetting the fact that the whole plot on the Michigan governor 
whenever her kidnapping was staged, that it was actually staged by FBI agents trying to get other people convicted of participating in the plan. Everybody's completely overlooking that. And that actually happened. This is part of FOIA. It's already been released as Freedom of Information Act. The words are in black and white showing the transmissions between the DOD, uh, the heads of justice, in the presidential uh, branch where all of this was actually planned. I mean, I really do think that do not put past this administration with their, you know, their thugs in some cases that they have access to. Do not put it uh, past them to stage something and then declare some type of national emergency in order to further shut down aspects of our freedoms. I mean, I, I believe that. So, you know, and I tell that to people and I, I'm telling it to you and I'm telling it to your audience. You know, in 30 seconds, it has to do with this beautiful country that my father, who was a World War II and Korea War veteran, and my mother, who, who uh, decided to have nine children, thank God, they handed my family, my generation, our generation, Alex, a beautiful country on a silver platter and said, you know, go forth and do good, be, be good to others and, and, uh, and work hard and, and you'll, be, you'll have a good life. And we, our generation has screwed this up. And so when I look at my children and my grandchildren especially, that's my long game. So pay attention, people. Discover, learn, read, do whatever you got to do. And, uh, and, you know, and follow this great show because Alex has been right on for a, over a decade. Infowars. Tomorrow's news today. Here we are again talking about something that's about to happen. And this is probably two or three months down the road, but I can guarantee it at the time of the recording of this, which is January 31st, within the next 30 to 45 days, we are literally going to be as close to on the brink with nuclear war with both Russia and China. We're going to be closer than we were during the 80s with Ronald Reagan at the end of 70s with Nixon and Ford and Carter. We're going to be closer to this world war with nuclear catastrophe than we have ever been. And this is going to be the impetus to put in martial law. Here's my prediction on that. Because of Order 9999 Executive Order that was uh, put in place on February 23rd, Three weeks after Biden was actually sworn in, he signed the executive order where they had nine basic tenets that he was able to sign in with one order. Take over the media, take over the airwaves, take over the internet, take over TV, take, take over all shipping, take over uh, all transportation, meaning the highways, uh, take over all hospitals, meaning the National Guard's going to be in your hospital. Now, Every hospital that's claiming they're short-staffed, who are they using right now, folks? It's already underway. They're able to take over food production. They're able to take over food distribution. And anybody that they claim is somebody who is talking against the establishment, they can claim to be a homegrown terrorist. And right now, the biggest thing that's going on besides the Voting Reform Act is making sure that we take care of any and all homegrown terrorists, mainly white nationalists who speak out against the government. What the fuck is a white nationalist? 
I'm a United States American. I'm white. And I don't agree with what's currently going on with the government, with their mandates, with their protocols, with their shutdowns. I am classified right now, as of two weeks ago, I am classified as a fucking domestic terrorist. I've been shut down on Facebook. I've been shut down on Twitter. I've been shut down on Instagram. This has happened repeatedly for the last six months. They even did a test on the internet and the airwaves where they shut down all transmissions. This happened back in November. Right before Thanksgiving, they took over the radio and the internet where everything was shut down and they were doing national broadcast emergency recordings. It lasted three minutes and it happened the week of November the 10th, right before Thanksgiving. And everybody's like, oh, okay, I guess we're just doing tests. And nothing happened. It was a government takeover to show how they're able to shut it down, how it actually works, and what the response would be. And the response is only coming from people like me who are trying to get the news to you and tell you the truth of what these cocksuckers are actually trying to do. They're trying to subjugate you. They're trying to enslave you. They're trying to put people in work camps. It's already happening in Australia. It's already happening in Canada. It's already happening in Germany. Again, even the citizens of Germany are protesting this. They do not want a repeat of 1934 to 1948. They don't want to fucking do it again. They've seen this. Just like all of us have. The only difference is, for them, it's part of natural history. For us, it's part of storyteller history. Like General Flynn just spoke about, his parents put everything who served in World War II and in Korea, put everything in place for us to go forth and prosper. And we fucked things up. I'm 50, so I'm going to say my parents, some of you might say your grandparents, set everything up in a way that we were able to go forth and make this nation even greater than it was post-World War II. But you know what we did? We ended up as sympathetic parents and sympathetic grandparents making sure that our kids could have participation trophies. And then after that, well, we have to let everybody feel the way they feel. And now you have the birth of wokeism which is invaded politics. The extreme 10% on either side, whether it's the right or the left, the extreme 10%, their views are what is held the most. Oh, you're a guy, but you, th you feel like you're a girl? Okay, go ahead and break every NCAA record. Go ahead and compete in the, in the Olympics. Oh, you're a guy and you feel like you identify with a child? Okay, well, let's go ahead and, and sentence you after you rape a girl, a 10-year-old girl. Let's go ahead and sentence you to a youth facility because you identify as a girl and you identify as a child. We are, this is actually happening day to day. 
Just like a couple years ago, whenever we were talking about, are you fucking kidding me? Are we really going to have transsexual book reading classes in our public schools? And everybody said, that can't fucking happen. Are you crazy? That's the craziest fucking thing I ever heard. It happened in over 700 school districts last year, boys and girls. This cannot be allowed to continue. It just can't. We have to either stand up and speak about it, if I have to be a voice, which is crazy, if somebody like me has to be the voice of reason in a situation like this, more people have to be exposed to the fucking truth. And the people who avoid the truth are the people who are allowing everything to get fucked up and to fail. And if you're allowing things to fail, you are a coward. You cannot call yourself a man. You cannot call yourself a woman, a protector of the children. You cannot be a caregiver. If you're allowing this to happen, if you're just going along blindly with the tune of the Pied Piper from the paid-for media that keeps allowing this to become popularized, where they're actually just expressing to the extreme 10%. This has to stop, and we have to stand up, and we have to make a stand, and we have to stop this. And it comes from common sense, regular, everyday people. Everybody that I see whenever I'm at work, nobody has this fucking view on things. Nobody I talk to agrees with any of this. So how can this become popular popular doctrine? How can this become popular opinion? How can this be shit that ends up being voted into reality from one state to the next? If you look at the blue states, if you look at California, if you look at New York, they're under extreme mandates. You can't even go to a fucking restaurant. You can't even go to a Target or a Walmart without having your vaccination passport in hand. In Canada, they actually have booths that scan you. Let me repeat that. They actually have booths that scan you to make sure... You've been vaccinated. How the fuck does that work? You don't believe me? Come back for the next segment here and I'll show you some more about it. We're going to go ahead and take a quick break and come back for the second segment of the show. I hope everybody's enjoying it so far. I know I am rolling. Yeah. 
That's Hell Yeah, a little group from Texas you may or may not have heard of. This is basically the remnants from Pantera. Uh, but uh, the Black Flag Army is basically their contribution to the people who will not stand up and be told what to do. They're going to do what they think is right. They're not going to listen to you, and they're not going to follow anybody's fucking rules. At the end of the day, that is the core and the truth of anybody who is a constitutionalist. You can't tell me what to do. You can't make me do anything I don't want to do. But I want to bring some fact and information here to you that has just come out. This was just released yesterday. As of recording this, this is January 31st. This report came out last Friday, the 27th. And um, let me just read through this and, and go through some of this with you. Just, this is a I told you so moment from What's Your F and Binge. Data shows COVID-19 deaths have been wildly exaggerated by counting people who died from other conditions but have positive COVID tests within 28 days of their death. UK data released in response to a Freedom of Information Act request shows that the number of deaths between January 2020 and the end of September 2021 in England and Wales, where COVID-19 was the sole cause of death, was just 17,371, not the 137,133 that was reported. That's an 8 to 1 difference. So the numbers you're hearing about deaths, divide them by 8, and that's actually more accurate. Of the 17,371 people who had COVID-19 as the so-called of death, 13,597 were 65 or older. The average age of death in the UK from COVID uh, in 2021 was 82 and a half years. In, nine, in uh, sorry, 2019, the average life expectancy for a male was 78, and for a woman, it was 81. So the average person who died from COVID, actual just COVID, admitted for COVID, not for other reasons. They didn't fall off a ladder, fucking trip on their fucking roller skates, fall off a skateboard. They didn't fucking get struck by lightning. Was actually older than the average life expectancy that was already going on. Compare that to the projected life expectancy in the UK, which is 79 for women and 82.9 for women. Uh, apparently in the UK, they live a little bit longer than the world average. This hardly constitutes an emergency, least of all for healthy school and working age individuals. Estimates suggest that an extra 50,000 cancer deaths over the past 18 months, deaths that normally would have not occurred, delayed diagnosis, inability to receive proper treatment due to COVID restrictions, are thought to be primary reasons for this. Early on in the COVID pandemic, people suspected that the deaths attributed to infection were vastly exaggerated. There was plenty of evidence for this. For starters, hospitals were instructed and incentivized to mark any patient who had a positive COVID test and subsequently died within a certain time period as a COVID death. At the same time, we knew that the PCR test was unreliable. That's the reason the CDC said stop using them, even though they're still being used by CVS and Walgreens, producing inordinate amounts of false positives. Now the truth is finally starting to come out, and as suspected, the actual death toll is vastly lower than we were led to believe. 
During the first quarter of 2021, there were 6,483 deaths where COVID-19 was the sole cause of death. Again, the vast majority, 4,923, occurring in seniors over 65. A total of 346 died from COVID-19 alone during the quarter of 2021. And in the third quarter, the COVID death toll was 1,142. Again, these are people with no other underlying conditions that have, might have, that might have caused their death. But in the meanwhile, the media is representing this as 137,133 deaths in the UK alone. In a January 19, 2022 press conference, UK Health Secretary, uh, Health Secretary Sajid Javid admitted that the daily government figures are unreliable as people have been and continue to die from conditions unrelated to COVID-19 but are included in the count due to a positive test. He also admitted that about 40% of patients presently counted as hospitalized COVID patients were not admitted due to COVID symptoms. They were admitted for other conditions and simply tested positive. This is something that I told everybody was actually going on as far back as May of 2021. And like most others who want to report this, we're considered to be, you know, conspiracy theorists. Put on your tinfoil hat, kids. This guy's getting ready to talk and has some bullshit to say. Don't take everything with tongue-in-cheek. This is mostly entertainment. It's not factual. There is an underlying plot that is continuing to go on, and I keep talking about this with the New World Order. The New World Order was first mentioned in mainstream media in 1991 by, I'm sorry, George Herbert Bush, George Sr., we'll call him. The first speech that was actually made referencing the NWO was done in 1991 before he got elected out of office. Now keep in mind, he was part of the military-industrial complex going back to the 1970s. Whenever he ran against Ronald Reagan and Ronald Reagan exposed him from one of these military-industrial complex people who are part of subterfuge, who want wartime economy to continue going, who are part of the Cold War and they don't want it to stop because that's what drives the economy of all these technology companies. Ronald Reagan beat him handily, in most cases, on a 70-30 margin, but at the end of it, it was a 60-40 margin. And the Republican National Committee forced Ronald Reagan to take George Bush as his running partner. That's the only reason he was ever his vice president. Before that, he was the head of the CIA. Let that sink in for just a moment. If you hear the letters CIA, do you think you trust what they tell you? Have you ever trusted anything that they have told you? No, because they are a part of a much bigger plot that is actually going on and is now starting to come into fruition. And I have talked about many times on this show about Klaus Schwab and his fourth industrial Revolution or the Great Reset, as his book that was published in 2008 actually said. And I've never really put this in context for any of the listeners of the show. 
I just kind of take it as uh, a given that if you're listening to the show or if you're a continued listener of the show, that you've done your research and you know that Klaus Schwab actually exists and that you know what he's actually about. But it comes more and more to, to my attention that most people have no fucking clue of who it is that I'm talking about, and I'm sorry for that. So I wanted to bring up something here. This is an actual conference that was held at the uh, Kennedy Center uh, three years ago where Klaus Schwab talks to uh, the National Committee of Security and its members and the gra graduate graduates of the Davos Group, which includes Vladimir Putin, which includes Leonardo DiCaprio, which includes Tom Hanks, which includes Newsom, the governor of California, which included fucking what's-his-face, the governor of uh, uh, Cuomo, uh, the governor of uh, New York. It's included a lot of people. And you're talking about uh, the governor of Michigan who staged her own kidnapping. She's a, a graduate of this Davos group, this World Governance Organization. Let me just play a clip here from you. This is from three years ago at the Kennedy Center. And whenever you hear this guy talking, you're going to be like, Chris, what the fuck is that? He sounds like a James Bond villain. Yeah, he kind of does. Listen to this. With more. Um, when I mention our names, like Mrs. Merkel, uh, even uh, Vladimir Putin and so on, they all have been young global leaders of the World Economic Forum. Mm -hmm. But um, what we are very proud of now is a young generation like uh, Prime Minister Trudeau, um, President of, of uh, Argentina and so on, that we penetrate the cabinets. So yesterday I was at a, rece at a reception for... He said we penetrate the cabinets. In other words, they're indoctrinating these people and installing them in world government situations. So that way, whenever the WHO or the UN, whenever they're acting in this subterfuge to be able to lock down everybody, to be able to create a second voting class and a new uh, digital currency situation, this has been in plan and effect since the 1970s. Klaus Schwab is just now the face and the voice of it. His first book... The Fourth Industrial Revolution was written in 1982. His most recent book was called COVID-19, The Great Reset. That was actually published in 2008. For Prime Minister Trudeau. And I would know that half of this cabinet, or even more half of, uh, half of this cabinet, are for our actually young noble leaders of the world Forum. that's true in argentina as well it's true in argentina and uh, it's true in france now mm -hmm. i mean with the president with a young global leader but he's talking about the leaders of argentina he's talking about trudeau who's the prime minister of canada he's talking about putin who's obviously the president of russia all of these are areas of the world right now that are serious hotspots. They're either heavily included and heavily policing the lockdowns.
and restraining of civil rights and restraining of liberties, keeping people under lock and key so that way they can reset all of democracy, reset the world order, reset the currency markets, reset the banking markets. And in the meantime, he talks he talks about we've we've infiltrated and inserted them in their cabinets. This guy sounds like a fucking James Bond villain. And he's not new, boys and girls. This isn't new. He's been around for quite some time. And at the risk of sounding really crazy, the guy who's asking him questions is Richard Gergen, who was also the uh, um, one of the top advisors for Ford, for Carter, for Reagan, and for Bush, and for Clinton. This guy's been in the world government as an unelected unelected person. He's just been an advisor because he graduated from the Klaus Schwab Institute, otherwise known as the Davos Group. Have you ever heard of the Bohemian Grove? The Bohemian Grove is a private organization much like the uh the Rome Club and are uh, definitely members of the Davos group. All of the graduates and participants in this have participated in secret society meetings for 50... Mark Twain wrote about Bohemian Grove, folks. This isn't anything new. It's just a matter of whether or not you want to pay attention. Mark Twain went to Bohemian Grove, and he thought it was just a bunch of gender-bending queers, is what, what he actually wrote about the Bohemian Grove meetings. Now, since then, they've indoctrinated and brought in a lot of powerful people, politicians, national and world politicians. And here's an interview that actually broke this on the national scene up until this interview happened right now. Most people considered the Davos Group meetings to be completely bullshit or... um fictional. This was the imagination of people who were, you know, conspiracy theorists and, um, you know, tinfoil hat wearing silly ass people who were just imagining too much going on. And here he is in an actual interview. This was uh, actually broke by uh, Alex Jones. Top presidential advisor to Ford, Reagan, George Herbert Walker Bush and Bill Clinton. We're talking to David Gergen, and he has advised several presidents and, of course, has uh, written quite a few uh, books and uh, is a, I would call you a political pundit or researcher. Commentary at Over the Hill, whatever. What do you think of this circus? Well, I haven't seen all the protests yet, but I've never seen as much security for a convention as we have here. There's been a lot of uh, news articles and reports saying that there's a heightened risk of terror attacks. Uh, do you think that that's, uh, do you think there's a chance of that? Or? Yeah, I think it's very real danger, and you've got... So Madison Square Garden is sitting right, you know, basically on top of a uh, train station. The Boston uh, Convention was right on top of a train station. Yeah, I just have to remember that trains are very uh, accessible, vulnerable. Okay, one last question. I read a Washington Times article many years ago where you had a comment about the organization, and then now it's been in the Wall Street Journal, it's been in a lot of different newspapers, and that's the Bohemian Grove. And back in, what was it, 19... Uh, 96 when you joined uh, as a Clinton advisor they were 
This is out of uh, outside of the WHO meeting in uh, Washington, D.C., uh, which is most commonly referred to now as the Bilderberg Group. If you have heard of the Bilderberg Group, it wasn't until about 10 years ago that it was actually acknowledged that it actually existed. And here this is, it's like a red carpet entry, like you're going to the Oscars or the Emmys. Oh, let's see who gets out of the limousine next. And it just uh, so happened to be that um, uh, David Gergen uh, was the first person that Alex was able to catch on camera. They were, the Republicans were criticizing you. Oh, what about Bohemian Grove? And then you countered them by saying, hey, I don't run around in the woods naked. What did that mean? I, I, don't, I, don't know what, I don't know what quote you're referring to. I'm not aware of any quote like that. Uh, listen, uh, I am a, a, a happy member of the Bohemian Grove. I like the, the folks who come there. And uh, it's really inappropriate for me to uh, talk about a, uh, uh, the group beyond that. If you look it up on Google, it's still referenced to as a referred to occult group. They talk about it like it's fictional. And here this is from 2012, where David Gergen is actually speaking about, I'm a proud member of Bohemian Grove. And uh, walking into the Bilderberg meeting, uh, the first time it was made public. Yeah. Thank you. Have you been there for the ceremony with uh, the cremation of care? Uh, uh, frankly, that's, uh, that, uh, I don't think that's something I need to talk to you about. You're now hearing the voice of Walter Cronkite that they have actually played during the Bohemian Grove ceremonies for the past 25 years. Jones and I snuck in there in 2000. I'm the guy that blew it wide open and got the video and it's been on national TV. Well, I disrespect you for that. You do? I do. But it's a lot of big public officials going in there. You don't we deserve to know? You, you took an under, I don't know anything about you and I don't know anything about your film, but if you go in there with an understanding, you violated that understanding by releasing that film and I don't respect you for that. Really? But you we have put, public officials you, I'm sorry, you took an understanding when you went in there that you would not do that film. And you did, did you have an understanding when you went in there? No. Did you crash it? Yes. Yeah, and it has no trespassing signs there, too, doesn't it? No, they put them yes, up after. Oh, I'm I sorry. Just in. I'm sorry, sir. I've been there before. I know what, I know what the circumstances are, and I'm sorry you uh, violated the understandings. That was not that was not a gentlemanly thing to do. But what about the ritual? Is the ritual gentlemanly? They're playing video of them burning the sir, effigy of children. You, I, I, don't, I don't owe you this comment. I know. You, you, you have you. This is what's called ambush journalism, and I disrespect you for that as well. So thank you, you ever and goodbye. Done the ritual? It's none of your damn business. Ooh, oh, hey. Listen, listen. You go around and and make understandings with people and violate them. You you ambush people on the streets when that's that's inappropriate form of journalism. If you wish to practice that, that's fine. But don't ask others to respect you for it. Now keep in mind, Alex Jones and and. I love him to death, and, and there's a lot of stuff that he has talked about. One of the biggest things that he has gotten so much flack about is, um, you know, one, one of the shootings that happened a, a few years ago. I'm not going to bring about any of the details of that, but he's a big guy like I am. You know, he's like 6'1", 6'2", 250, 260, 
around the same same area I am, and standing on camera in front of Richard Gergen, who is like six foot eight. He looks like a goddamn midget next to him. You need to look this video up. I'll, I'll put the link up on our website for this week, so that way you can actually check it out. But it, it's really comical. Uh, Alex looks like a teenager standing next to a grown man next to this guy. You want to? You you can do. You're free American, like anything you want. If you want to be uncivil and rude and ungentlemanly, that's up to you. But don't expect the rest well, of us to say, "Oh well, you're there, Mr. Gergen." I'm sorry. Nobody says policy in there. We try to be gentlemen, and obviously, you don't belong there. Weaving spiders coming out here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is a three pointer. Woo! And that's Alex uh, back in his younger days, and and actually doing on the street reporting and. And uh, kudos to him for breaking that because at that point in time, whenever he did that interview, both the Bilderberg Group and the Davos meetings and Bohemian Grove were all considered to be just rumor. They were urban legends. Uh, people spoke about it, but there was no actual proof of it. And here's Alex breaking all three of them in the same same uh, uh, video where he's at the Davos meetings or the Bilderberg Group, which was later uh, shown on NBC, uh, which included Hillary and uh, President Clinton, which included uh, some of the Kennedys and Onassis, uh, which it, it included Mondale, and uh, on and on. There's a lot of world leaders and big politicians that people my age are definitely going to remember. And he breaks the story open. And here's the thing. If you don't know about it, ask yourself, why don't I know about this? Why didn't I see this? The reason is because corporate bought and paid for media is always driving a narrative to separate us to create division with whatever's going on at that current time. At that point in time, it was the break or the denomination between the upper and the middle class, the voting elites versus the voters who did not turn out. If you were a voter, you were included possibly in their class. But if you weren't a voter, you were dismissed out of hand. So what if you're on welfare? So what if you need housing help? So what if you're on unemployment? You don't even participate in the electoral process. So you're a lower class citizen. This was going on during the 90s. For anybody my age, you have to remember the fact that we said you have to turn out the vote. Everybody has to vote. Everybody's voice has to be heard if you want to make a difference. And that was all narrated by the corporations. That was all narrated by NBC, ABC, CBS, and then later Fox. And everybody wanted to completely dismiss the idea of Bilderberg or the Davos group actually meeting. And at the same time, while this is going on, Gergen is going to go have a meeting with Klaus Schwab. Klaus Schwab has been around and his his school, his graduate group, the New World Order, the New World Foundation, the New World Civilization has been called many names. Look up the Georgia Guidestones and then come back to me and question me. 
If you look at the Georgia Guidestones, you will see exactly what is going on right now with the Davos meetings, with the Bilderbergs, with the Rome Club, with Bohemian Grove. You're talking about the top 1% of the 1%. Not the richest people, by all means. Elon Musk just came out the other day and spoke out against this medical tyranny. That people should be allowed to live free and pursue what they want to pursue. Whatever your interest is, that's what draws you. You need to go for it. That's how evolution happens. That's how new technology happens. That's how new commerce happens. Um, Whenever you're talking about these groups who are so inclusive and they've been around for over 100 years, all they're looking for is their opportunity and their space to be able to interject their force and their will because they control the seven major banking families in the world. We're talking about the Rothschilds. We're talking about the J.P. Morgans and their lineage. We're talking about the De Beers. We're talking about the offspring of the Hitlers. Their family is still very entrenched in the European banking industry. The FDA has allowed nanoparticles into the food supply under the generally recognized as safe provision because they claim that they are no more dangerous than their larger counterparts. Titanium is generally safe, therefore nanotitanium must be safe. But they also admit that known materials can exhibit new or altered physiochemical properties at nanoscale dimensions, including unknown safety hazards that they will continue to monitor for. In other words, the human trials for consumable nanotechnology is currently happening in the public without their knowledge. Nanoparticles can be absorbed into our immune defense system and into our bloodstream. And just like the FDA admits, materials at the nanoscale can cause unknown changes in a person's biology. Keep in mind, GMOs were not public knowledge for at least four years before they were being used. Logical system. Animal studies have proven that nanoparticles are changing the way our bodies absorb certain minerals, such as iron. FDA chemist Timothy Duncan wrote that nanotechnology in the food supply is being held back because the food supply industry is afraid of public backlash and argues that nanotechnology will somehow make food healthier. The FDA is far more concerned with pushing more of these experimental nanoparticles into the food supply than they are with safety like they said about giving the dangerous experimental vaccines to your kids. We're never going to learn about how safe the vaccine is until we start giving it. At least 20 products are adding laboratory-made nanoparticles into the ingredients, and they are getting ready to coat bananas in new nanotech. But companies are not required to disclose nano-sized ingredients, so we don't know how prevalent it is. Along with being a proponent of population reduction, forced vaccinations and genetically modified foods bill gates is also the biggest private farm owner in america does anyone doubt for a second that bill gates is allowing this dangerous nanotech the fda is pushing for into america's food supply in related news 
10 out of the 19 states in which Bill Gates owns farmland, along with at least another 10, have recently made it legal to dispose of human bodies into the municipal water supply, allowing human remains to be added into biosolid sourced fertilizer. It's called alkaline hydrolysis and is referred to in pop culture as being very, very green. Spiritual leaders have strongly objected to alkaline hydrolysis because they say it is disrespectful to the human body, the vessel of a divine soul. And it's understandable why they say this. In alkaline hydrolysis, the human body is liquefied with lye and poured down the sewer to mix in with the community's excrement. And if that weren't bad enough, this bio sludge is then collected from municipal water treatment plants and used as so-called fertilizer on factory farms. The official excuse is that it saves the government money for expensive toxic waste disposal. Meanwhile, we are all being sold food that has been grown with a toxic bio sludge made up of human remains and excrement, which is then loaded with new and strange nanotechnology. Interestingly, the dystopian movie Soylent Green took place in 2022. They're making our food out of people. Next thing, they'll be breeding us like cattle for food. You gotta tell them. You gotta tell them. Promise, Tiger. I promise. I'll tell the exchange. You tell everybody. Listen to me, Hatcher. You gotta tell them. Silent Green is people! Reporting for InfoWars, this is Greg Reese. Thanks a lot, Greg. We appreciate these special reports that are brought to us by InfoWars. <clears throat> and the only thing I can say with this is this sounds incredibly Orwellian. And most people are going to be like, Chris, this is some fucked up shit that you're trying to tell us is true. Yeah, you're right. It really is. But six months ago, whenever I was telling you that one out of ten of the deaths that were reported as COVID deaths and one out of ten of the hospitalizations are being reported as COVID hospitalizations aren't true, here it is actually coming true with concrete evidence being reported by UK, Japanese, and American doctors. So what I'm telling you, this is something that's probably a few months down the road before you're going to find out. A report like that where we're talking about like fucking Soylent Green, that's... In Austin, Texas, they just found out five months ago that... All funeral homes dump human remains into the waste system of Austin, Texas. Just four months ago, they just found out that's a fact. And that report shows you that in almost 30 states, that's actually happening. And these are 30 states that border the major farming communities of the United States. So I'm sorry if you don't want to believe this. But everything that I've talked about over the past year is coming true. It comes true in a month later, 60 days later, six months later. There isn't anything that I have told you up until this point that hasn't been proven as truth. 
And this is another one. As science fiction as it sounds, I promise you, you're going to find out. Your local municipal water and waste plant has been doing this the whole fucking time. Now, the last report that I have to show is that the DOD and Fauci and Department of Justice have been caught red-handed in a massive scandal hiding death and damage from the COVID vaccines. This judicial uh, meeting that was held by uh, Senator Johnson, and it just happened Thursday. While you're listening to this, I want you to ask yourself, why didn't I hear this on the news? Like, why is this... Why is this happening? Why haven't I heard anything about it? Because this just happened in Congress with Senator Johnson and many others. Take a listen. Please tell me, uh, apparently one of the whistleblowers is brave enough to come forward and give a name or I would not have allowed you to come. Yes, Senator. So we've got three whistleblowers who have given me permission at this point to share their name. Lieutenant Colonel Dr. Teresa Long, DOMPH, Dr. Samuel Sigloff, and Lieutenant Colonel Dr. Peter Chambers, DO and flight surgeon. All three have, att- have given me this data. I have declarations from all three. This data is under penalty. Of, uh, this is under penalty of perjury. We intend to submit this to the courts. Uh, we have substantial data showing that uh, we saw, for example. The difference between it and the VAERS reporting system is at best, and I've had several episodes where we talk about VAERS, but at best, whenever it comes to reporting a complication or an injury or a result of having received a vaccine, it gets reported 1 in 14 times, and out of those 1 in 14 times, it actually shows up in the VAERS report one in 99 times. The VMET database is all-inclusive. Every veteran, every member of the military, everything they go through has to be reported case by case by case. And it goes through the Department of Defense, Department of Justice, through the Armed Forces, through the Attorneys General, and through the NIH, CDC, and FDA. Uh, Miscarriages increased by 300% over the five-year average, almost. Uh, We saw almost 300% increase in cancer over the five-year average. Cancer is not being talked about except for by Dr. Ryan Cole. Thank you, doctor. Uh, We saw, this one's amazing, neurological. So neurological issues which would affect our pilots. Over a thousand percent increase. A thousand. Ten times. That's ten times rate, and obviously that resonates. 83,000 per year. I'm sorry, 82,000 per year to 863,000 in one year. Our soldiers are being experimented on, injured, and sometimes possibly killed. Dr. Corey, thank you so much for your stance on the corruption. That's precisely what it is. They know this, and Senator. Uh, when these doctors are attacked, not necessarily the people in this room, I'm give, not giving names, they call me. I'm the one dealing with the medical boards. I'm the one watching the witch hunts. I'm the one fighting them off, and I'm the one telling them where to go. I'm going to keep doing that. Senator, we also have 
let me give you this last thing and then I'll shut up and uh, get out of your way. 9-28-2021, Project Salus weekly report. Project Salus is a defense, defense department initiative where they report and contract, uh, they take all this data that doesn't exist supposedly and they give it to the CDC. They're watching these vaccines. On that date and around that date, I have numerous instances where Fauci and that entire crew were saying it's a crisis of unvaxxed. It's 99% unvaxxed in the hospital. Boycotts. In Project Salus, in the weekly report, the DOD document says specifically 71% of new cases are in the fully vaxxed and 60% of hospitalizations are in the fully vaxxed. This is corruption at the highest level. We need investigations. The Secretary of Defense needs investigated. The CDC needs to be investigated. And thank you so much, Senator, for having the courage to stand against these special interests. So, so again, the, the, department, the Department of Defense... Thank you. The Department of Defense, the Biden administration is on notice. They must preserve these records and this must be investigated. Okay? Absolutely. Thank you so much, Senator. Thank you. So this was actually on C-SPAN, folks. Did you see it on your local news? Did you see it on CNN? Did you see it on Fox? Did you see it on the Hill? They are uncovering and releasing statistics now that they've had the past two years to compile all of this. And this is based off of the mandates to the military that that Biden put in place last August. So we're talking five months of information. These statistics have already been put together and nobody wants to fucking report on it. Nobody wants to talk about a 1000% chance in brain trauma a 300% chance percent chance increase of miscarriages a 500% increase in cancers a 400% increase in enlarged heart mitochondritis nobody wants to talk about any of that at all these are all very rare instances if you listen to your local media Meanwhile, you have local media that's actually telling you that the best thing you could possibly do is go get NPR, uh, go ahead and go get the rapid test so that way they can uh, give you a false positive. And I just saw on a report tonight where they're talking about these tests that are being shipped out, the 500 million tests that are being shipped out by Biden. If they've been frozen, if they've been exposed to cold temperature, they can't be accurate. What time of fucking year is it where you live? It's February, dumbasses. So they're reporting or they're sending out all of these tests that can't possibly be accurate. They've all been designed not to be uh, frozen and then defrosted and then used accurately. It's another incredible week at What's Your and Binge, telling you like it is. It's another incredible week of things that have been going on. And I want to close out everything with what happened this past weekend, just on my own personal page, that has um, still waiting on the results of it. I've been able to put out source material that's kept me from being put in jail uh, on Facebook and Twitter. 
uh, about the Neil Young versus Joe Rogan and Spotify incident. But here's something that was actually reported uh, by Adam Carolla on Fox News. Never call for firings, and I don't get people that do. Uh, the ultimatum that was made to Spotify, they made the right call. I like, I, I don't know Joe Rogan, but I, I like his work. Uh, I like the fact that he makes you think, and if you don't like it, you don't have to agree with it. Why do people have a hard time if somebody doesn't toe the line on this topic or that topic? Well, basically, we've decided that there's one lane you can be in when it comes to COVID, and if you get outside of that lane, you need to be shut down. But I find it interesting coming from rockers and comedians and artists because their job is to push back against the man and neil young should know the man isn't joe rogan the man is dr fauci the man is governor gavin newsom the man is the cdc the man is the who the man is biden that's who the man is you're an old rocker you're supposed to push back against the man joe rogan is pushing back against the man and you're pushing back against joe rogan you know it's interesting because they said in the beginning if you get the vaccine you're not going to get COVID. Then they said, we'll never have a vaccine mandate. Now we have vaccine mandates. Uh, now, whether you're vaccinated and have a booster or have natural immunity, you're still getting COVID. Everybody's get. How come we run out of tests, therapeutics, and we don't have any antivirals? Why did, how could they be so behind the curve on this? But think about what all these idiots are saying. They're worried about misinformation. You turn on The View, you turn on CNN, it's a Joe Rogan, misinformation. What have you guys been right about? You close the beaches down, you close the schools down, cloth masks were going to save us all, the vaccine was going to be effective, natural immunity wasn't effective. What have you been right about? That's really the question. I put Joe Rogan's batting average up against CNN's batting average any day of the week. They thought <laughs> ivermectin was horse paste. <laughs> uh, by the way, a drug that did win the Nobel Prize. That is a good point in 2015. Uh, granted, Merck doesn't support its off label use. But one thing that has been working are monoclonal antibodies. Now, Regeneron, I know, was do working wonders on the Delta variant. Now they say GSK Citrovimab is working on the Omicron variant. But there's none available. We ran out. The, every doctor, Adam, I talked to says these antiviral pills, the ones by Pfizer, are amazing, but you can't get them anywhere. And people are still having a hard time getting tests. How do they run out of tests? Now we're in year three of this pandemic. Basically, what they decided is you need to do what they want you to do. And what they want you to do is get vaccinated. And that's why they've always poo-pooed any therapeutic. I mean, look at the theme. Anytime a therapeutic has come around, they poo-pooed it. The thing that's funny is guys like Neil Young, who back in the day would have been on the side of natural immunity, are now on the side of big pharma and pushing against natural immunity. So the whole thing is upside down. Well, now there's a, been a rash of, of train robberies going out there in L.A., and apparently one had a lot of guns in them. You're not involved in any of these incidents. How do we get back to train robberies? We're robbing trains now. Uh, is that because of the LAPD budget being cut like the NYPD budget? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, the next thing you know, stagecoaches are going to be robbed <laughs> on the way to San Francisco. I mean, yeah, I, I don't know what, what trolley. What year is it? Yes, the trolley was robbed. 
it's crazy. And the great thing is Governor Gavin Newsom stands amongst the garbage and goes, what the hell's going on here? It looks like a third world country. Well, you're the banana republic dictator of this third world country. How come you don't know what's going on in your country? What the hell are you I just doing? hope what, the what bullets weren't in the same train. Why the hell am I in New York paying the highest amount of taxes in the country? You're out there in California. You pay the highest, the second highest. What, what is wrong with us? We need to leave and pay less and live better and have better weather. I wouldn't be facing 20 inches of snow this weekend. I, I got to tell you, right after we're done, I'm going to blow in a call to Joe Rogan. I think he's got a guest room. You and I can meet there and start a podcast. That's all I got. <laughs> you think so? We'll set our own little country up. We'll call it the, the freedom of speech, uh, the land of free speech and misfit toys. I don't know. Probably would so there at the end, we have Adam Carolla being a great comedian the way he always has been. And that is the end of our show, folks. I want to thank everybody for tuning in this time, listening to me rant and rave against all this shit, and trying to bring as many facts to you as I possibly can. And as always, I'm going to bring the use. I'm throwing away the show notes right now. I'm going to bring to you the truth. I'm going to tell you like it is. I'm going to tell you how I want to fucking tell you. And I'm going to talk about what I want to fucking talk about. But at the end of the day, my best interest is for everybody out there to get the best information they possibly can. And I want to close out with a classic here. This is Allison Chains, Unplugged, Down in a Hole.
Staley right before his death at the MTV unplugged recording and um, very momentous occasion for anybody of my generation I always refer to there's three celebrity deaths that I've ever been super upset by two that I cried during uh, Kurt Cobain Chris Cornell and Lane Staley um, being somebody that I was super upset by. That's a loss of a generational sound. So until next time, don't get any on you, and don't forget your squeegee.